Welcome back to the Junkyard Dogcast, everybody. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. They're Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell from Dogs 24-7. And uh, we hope everybody had a Merry Christmas. Uh, holidays are hell when it comes to trying to record a podcast. But we, we fit this one in a little bit later than we wanted to, but we were able to make it work. Uh, a lot of moving parts. Really glad to be back with the guys and, and talking Georgia football with you guys. And, and Georgia's playing in the Peach Bowl. And it's playing. Uh, it's playing number eight Cincinnati. Uh, it's a very intriguing matchup, and we're, we're going to kind of get into that. We're going to make our predictions and player of the game. But Rusty, I wanted to start with this because Georgia has a handful of you call them opt outs, call them skipping the ball game, whatever you want to call them. But Monty Rice, Trey McKitty, Eric Stokes, DJ Daniel, Ben Cleveland, those guys are not going to play in this game. And I figured one of the things we could jump into first in our analysis of this game and what we expect is, Rusty, who's the biggest one for you? What's the number one biggest guy that won't play in this game? Maybe it's one of those. Maybe it's an injury. Uh, what what kind of jumps out to you as far as who won't be playing in this game and, and, and how it will impact Georgia? I think it's Eric Stokes. And, you know, we talk a lot about how thin Georgia could be next year at the defensive back position going into this Clemson game. But – you look at this year, and DJ Daniels is not playing, but Eric Stokes is a guy, when you game plan as a staff, you know that you can match him up, up against their number one. You can put him up against anybody there, and you're going to be okay. He may give up a play or two from here now, but we, we have to have, um, you know, you have to have confidence. You can build a game plan around a guy that can lock down, you know, basically one-third of the field, and Eric Stokes is that guy extremely confident if he does give up a pass completion it's one of those things where you know it's just a great ball and you can't win them all but Eric Stokes is a guy that you know the Georgia staff is extremely confident in uh, he's an extremely confident player he's uh, big long fast he's everything you want so with Georgia not having him it's going to be one of those deals where you know and DJ Daniels is not there so how are they going to you know make some moves and who's going to do what uh, to to take over that spot where you usually game plan and know, hey, we're going to be okay here because we got stoked. Well, this week you don't. Yeah, that's a good point, especially when you're talking about getting off the field on third down and and you know the jump ball situation. Eric Stokes is Georgia's best defensive back when when playing the football in the air. That's just all there is to it. And, you know, Tyson Campbell will be playing in this game, so Georgia's it's not going to be bare bones at cornerback. But, you know, right now I think I think Tyreek Stevenson's probably going to fill in at that other cornerback spot based on everything I've heard out of practice. And, uh, you know, Tyreek's a really good player, but he hadn't played a ton of cornerback. And so that, that'll be interesting to watch. Kip, who's your kind of number one most important guy that won't be playing in this game for Georgia? First of all, I do agree with Rusty. Just with Eric Stokes and what he's brought to the team this year, this – or. What he's brought to Georgia, you know, the past couple of seasons, just the level of play he's had and being able to depend on him out there, being a guy that, again, led the conference in, in picks and, and really made a lot of plays for a guy that was a three-star running back coming out of high school and a guy that chose Georgia on signing day. He's really, you know, he had a huge impact on, on the Georgia program, but I mean, I'm also just interested in seeing what the offensive line looks like. You know, you got not just Ben Cleveland, but, you know, not having Trey Hill out there as well. <clears throat> it, they're having to rotate some new guys in and give some guys some new looks on the offensive line. So you're you're kind of getting a, a, a preview of what Georgia's secondary might look like next year. But I think there's going to be a lot more 
movement along that front. The offensive line, that is, you know, a situation where they have a lot of young guys and they've been able to get a lot of looks in practice. I want to see what this offensive line looks like after not having two guys who've played a lot of football for Georgia the last couple of years in Trey Hill and Ben Cleveland at center and right guard. They got a lot of young guys at offensive tackle, but at the same time, you got Jamari Sawyer out there at left tackle. He's a guy you, you can move inside and then give one of your younger guys a shot if, if they're able to get it. Or maybe we get to see, you know, extended snaps from Xavier Trust at left tackle, see what he maybe brings to the table, give him more of a, an audition for, for next year. We don't know at this point if Jamari Sawyer will be back next season. That decision hasn't been made. So, I mean, that's kind of really – a position group in general that I'm looking at just because we have two longtime starters who, who aren't going to be on the, on the field, you know, during this bowl game. And that's obviously a position group that makes or breaks where a team like Georgia can, can get, you know, in 2021 in the sec, that offensive line. I mean, that's, that's where it all gets going there. And if, you know, if you have JT Daniels at quarterback next year, we know even coming off, you know, another year off of the the knee surgery, you, you need to be able to perform well and pass pro for him to be able to have a chance to get that ball to playmakers. And I think that Cincinnati might not have the star power, but their offensive and defensive line are, have both been pretty good this year. Their defensive line has been productive. So I think it'll be a pretty good test for overall what this unit can do with some new faces out there. The argument can be made that Cincinnati is going to send maybe the best edge rusher Georgia's faced out there all year long in Maja Sanders. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his first name right. It's M-Y-J-A-I, Maja, uh, however you pronounce it. But but he he's dynamic. I mean, in, in nine games, seven sacks, ten and a half tackles for a loss, five pass breakups, which Georgia's had an issue with batted passes. So, you know, I, I tend to think Xavier Truss is going to get the look at left tackle and Jamari Sawyer at left guard, again, based on what I'm hearing out of practice. So those are some things that that I think that that can kind of come back and bite Georgia there, especially if if Cincinnati kind of realizes that Xavier Trust doesn't have a lot of experience. I mean, Georgia's going to have two red shirt freshman quarter, uh, sorry, quarterbacks, going to have two red shirt freshman tackles, uh, and and that's something that Cincinnati might want to try and get in there and exploit. I, I'm going to go with Monty Rice, and I'm going to go with Monty Rice from this aspect. He hasn't been healthy. But when he's out there, just the leadership and, and watching Glenn Schumann just gush over Monty Rice after he did, you know, announced that he was opting out on, and it was already known at that point. But after he basically announced it, put it out on Twitter, and, and Glenn Schumann comes in and quote tweets it and talks about how he'd go to battle with Monty Rice any day of the week. Um, you know, Rice did some big things for Georgia down the stretch this, this year. He, the last game he played in and was healthy was Tennessee, and he dominated it. And then he still came came out, and there, Kirby Smart says there were times where his sole job, his number one job, was to spell uh, Quay Walker and N'Kobe Dean because he just couldn't play the minutes, foot injury, lack of practice, all of that stuff. Uh, but but even with that said, even though not 100%, Cincinnati is I, – I really see him as a run-first team. And if you're going to talk about a guy like Desmond Ritter – who is a, a very good downhill runner, but also a fast guy who can work to the edge. I think you need a fixer in there. I think you need a guy who can get everybody lined up. I mean, N'Kobe Dean is very capable of doing that, but Monty Rice just on a different level as far as that goes. And I think that one 
could be the one that that, that may impact Georgia the most. Um, and especially when you start talking about, okay, well, Georgia likes to use three, four inside linebackers. Now they may be down to two or three with, with Channing Tindall being that third and and maybe not as many bodies there as they like as well. But, you know, a lot of them are going to be impactful. And, but but I, I just thought that was something we should probably look into. And, and uh, pretty cool how we all kind of came out with three different ones. Nobody stole anything from me, thank goodness, like they normally do. Let's jump into a break real quick. On the other side, we're going to talk about kind of what we expect from this game and uh, make our predictions on, uh, on the final score and player of the game. All right, Rusty, uh, let's just kind of mold it all into one uh, here. Just give me some thoughts on the game your prediction, and your player of the game. Well, I think it's pretty – you peel everything back. You know, I'm not trying to be the Cincinnati expert here, but is, is Georgia motivated to be here? And that's, you know, who's actually going to play? You know, who, you know, last year the Sugar Bowl, um, Kirby Smart basically said he left, you know, X amount of players home because he didn't feel like they were buying in, and he came down there with a – skeleton crew and they and they played well against Baylor but you know this team here you already have you know some opt-outs you have some injuries Trey Hill possibly probably Richard account all those guys so you have some experienced guys most likely not playing is Georgia motivated to me that is the number one thing and I think last night watching Florida get beat the way they did if I'm Georgia, and that's not how you want to end a season, you not you don't want to see that. Florida had a ton of guys out. Whatever we can talk about that, but you know, if you're Georgia, prideful things you want to go out and finish this season the right way. Uh, you know, some seniors are going to get the the senior day thing, if I'm correct, uh, before the game. So. You know, most likely it's the last time a lot of players will be putting on this uniform. They're going to wear black jerseys, and I'm sure that's what the players wanted for Kirby Smart to do that in a bowl game. And I'm sure that was a another motivating deal. You know, the kids really like that, regardless of where you stand on the uniforms. The kids and the players really like those black jerseys. So, you know, they're going to wear them on Friday. But I think it boils down to does Georgia is Georgia motivated, and I think offensively, they really hit, uh, you know, a different level when JT Daniels came in. Uh, this is probably the best team JT Daniels has played. So let's, let's also say that too. You know, this, this will be a matchup where he'll have to uh, – he'll face a little more uh, speed probably and defensively as we talked about pass rush from the Bearcats. And, you know – to me, Georgia should win this game, and I'm going to pick Georgia to win this game, but it's hard to tell, man, in these bowl games who wants to be there. It's hard to tell, uh, and I think Kirby Smart has done a good job of motivating his teams in the past. Obviously, the Texas game was one that you you start worrying about, but everything else, you know, you get a lot of effort from these guys, and they find ways to, you know, motivate them. So I'm going to pick Georgia. I'll go Georgia. Um, I'll go Georgia 30, uh, Cincinnati 20, 24. I think this will be a pretty close game. Um, and they've got an athletic quarterback that can give Georgia some fit. So I'll, I'll go 30 to, I'll go 30 to 24. Maybe Cincinnati scores one late to make it a little closer than it, than it may seem. And 
I'll go player of the game. I'll go uh, I'll go George Pickens. I feel like, you know, he played great last year in that bowl game. Him and JT Daniels got a lot of reps. Um, they just seem to have that, you know, chemistry. But I know one thing, when JT Daniels is in trouble or if he has a any kind of scramble, he throws a 50-50 ball to George Pickens. And George Pickens has made a ton of plays since he's been in. So I think George Pickens is going to get a lot of reps, a lot of targets. And I think he makes a lot of plays on on Friday. And I'll pick George Pickens as a player of the game. All right, Kip, what you got? Looking at this game, I, I think that, like I said earlier, uh, I think that Cincinnati has a very, very talented offensive and defensive line that's going to hang in there with Georgia and, and give them some issues. Like you said, you talked about uh, Majai Sanders. I, I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Rusty, I think he played his senior year in high school at, at Camden County. I think he's from Jacksonville, Reigns High School, a guy that was like 6'4", 220 coming out of high school only. I think he had like 30 tackles and three sacks in high school, but but got to Cincinnati. And now, I mean, he's 6'5", pushing 260. So he's a guy that, again, is going to really test uh, Georgia's offensive tackles and and maybe put some pressure, you know, on, on JT Daniels to, to get the ball out pretty quickly. So, you know, I, I think early on in this game, uh, I think Cincinnati is going to come out, you know, and look like the real deal. This is a program that has had – back-to-back 11 win seasons and I think they have three wins over you know power five programs but again those programs are UCLA, Boston College, Virginia Tech so this is a big moment for them and really all group of five programs they're all watching them trying to make that case for why they should be in the college football playoff you talk about whether Georgia is going to be motivated to play in this game I mean you'll get Cincinnati we we know that the motivation is 100% there. No opt-outs for that team right now. So, I mean, Georgia's going to have to come ready to play on this, and they're going to have to really have, you know, that mentality that they're going to win that battle at the line of scrimmage because I think they're going to be tested on both lines. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't think that Desmond Ritter's going to have, you know, a lot of success throwing the ball even against a young secondary, but at the same time. Georgia hasn't really faced a mobile quarterback this year. I mean, you look at it, if Georgia was going to face one, it would, it would have been Terry Wilson at Kentucky, but, you know, he didn't play in that game. So I think the maybe Bo Nix might be the best running quarterback that, that Georgia really took on this year for the most part. So, you know, I, I think that that's an element that, you know, you're going to have to see this this defense react to that and, and, and really, you know, whether that means having a guy like, Quay Walker spy him. I mean, that, that could be something that, that you see where, you know, they, they put him on him, make sure that he's not, you know, getting extra yards past the line of scrimmage. And, and, and they have to force him to throw on them. And I, I think that Georgia will be able to hold their own in that regard. Uh, it may, and they might get some, some pretty good starting points and get a couple field goals early. But I, I do think that Georgia is able to pull this one out. I, I think that Georgia will be able to throw on them. You look at the the game that Cincinnati played against Memphis earlier this year. Uh, Memphis was able to throw for over 300 yards on them. You know, had a couple of 100-yard receivers in, in Taj Washington and Calvin Austin the third. You kind of look at those guys and see, you know, where Georgia might be able to to take advantage of similar matchups, and, and that's where the player of the game comes for me. I think that this is a game where Jermaine Burton really comes on and, and has a lot of uh, big plays down the field, yards after the catch. I think this is going to be a good one for him. I think he might have a couple touchdowns in this game. Uh, maybe get you know six or seven catches, break that hundred yard mark, and and really, 
you know, establish himself as, as being a, a, a number two guy. I mean, George Pickens is that alpha in this passing attack. Karis Jackson's played a, you know, a, a lot of good football basically was the offense early on this year, but now you've kind of established that, that JT does a good job of spreading the ball around the field. I think this will be a good game for, for Jermaine Burton. I have Georgia pulling out in the, in the, in the fourth quarter and, and winning this one. Uh, I got 31, 17. All right. couple, a couple of Georgia wins and I'm going to follow suit, but, but I, I want to point out that I think I'm with Rusty on this. Obviously you, you, you do wonder if Georgia wants to be there. You, you do wonder, and listen, I know I saw Brett McMurphy uh, tweet about it last night. No SEC team has ever lost a bowl game that they cared about. Listen, I, I understand the, the eye rolling that goes with that, but it's still a fact. I mean, it really is. Like, the other team has that, that challenge as well. It's not just the SEC and this bowl, these bowl games are beneath them, but sometimes it happens. And, and you know, I don't know how much Florida wanted to be there yesterday, last night. Um, I, I know that they had a lot of opt-outs, and that probably affected them more than them wanting to be there because they did kind of climb back into that game before Oklahoma really pulled away from them. Um, but I do think this is a good matchup for Georgia. And what I mean by that is the fact that Cincinnati is a run-first team, and Georgia, last two years, has just been absolutely dominant against the run. You look at the last uh, 23 games, I guess it has been, yeah, 23 games, Georgia's allowing less than two and a half yards per carry. Um, it's allowed like nine rushing touchdowns in, during that time um, in, in 20-something games, 23 games. So that's that's impressive. And, and I think Cincinnati needs to be able to run the football to win, and, and Georgia's going to make it as tough on you as any team in the country. So that, that to me, is, is one of the reasons that this is a good matchup for Georgia. And I also think that Cincinnati is going to be up against a big physical offensive line, one that's going to be missing a couple guys, but a big physical offensive line in a way that it hasn't been up against – all season long you know last year when they played Ohio State and and and, and teams like that you know you, you see those cross division things I think that helps the power the group of five schools whenever it comes time to play a big game against a team like this and, and they haven't exactly had that i um, got a lot of respect for Cincinnati though because I haven't had a chance to watch them a ton but when I have uh you 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 see a lot of speed you see a lot of uh, guys playing hard I mean you can tell Luke Fickles put his stamp on it from a physicality standpoint and that's really big but I I, I am going to lean on that matchup thing pretty heavy here because I do think Georgia's going to be there re- be there be ready to play um you know I think Georgia's going to have a really good day on the ground and 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 it's going to get supplemented with the passing game pretty balanced game um, I, I see Georgia scoring in the 30s as well, but I'm going to go 34-17, uh, a little bit, a little bit above Kip there. I, I think I got 16 points there, or 17 points on my margin. Kip had 14, but the the 34-17 score has kind of been in my head the, the entire time. And uh, you know, I, I'm going to go to the defensive side of the ball because I just think a guy like Adam Anderson is going to have a big game. I think you can look at with Jermaine Johnson not playing in this game. It's another guy we didn't really bring up. But, but when Jermaine Johnson was out for those two games with injuries, Adam Anderson came up big. And I think he's going to have a chance to come up big in this one because he's going to be in there on third down, rushing, spying, doing some things like that. And I think he has an opportunity to have a really big game. So I'm going to go to the defensive side of the ball with Anderson and, and uh, say that he's going to end up with player of the game honors. And it looks like we've got a unanimous thing here. All three of us picked Georgia. All three of us picked Georgia to win, to score in the 30s. And, and I think Rusty ended up with the closest one was a 30-24. So uh, he's, he's actually got the Bearcats covering, as it stands right now, because Georgia's a seven-point favorite 
Uh, but but Kip and I have Georgia covering. Uh, folks, it's it's New Year's Eve, and I uh, hope everybody's safe out there. I hope everybody stays up and, and makes sure that 2020 goes. All right, make sure this 2020 gets out of here something. Maybe the sky doesn't open up tonight and swallow us all up before 2020 can get away from us, but I think all of us are ready to see it go. And uh, I hope everybody has a great 2021. I hope you're able to meet all your New Year's resolutions and and uh, you're able to kind of put some of this stuff that's happened in 2020 behind you. But I guess this is the last Junkyard Dog uh, – I'm sorry, Junkyard Dogcast of the, of the 2020 year. And uh, we just want to tell you guys we appreciate it. Uh, like, uh, I mean, sorry, uh, uh, subscribe, subscribe, and then, uh, leave us a rating, uh, before, uh, before the new year is up and, uh, we'll, uh, we'll catch up with you in 2021. But for this episode of the junkyard Dogcast, I'm Jake Rowe with dogs 24 seven. They're Kip Adams and rusty Mansell from the same place. And you guys take it easy. Mm-hmm.